Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony, a news magazine show featuring human interest, in the spotlight, movers and shakers, and the news and happening that affects all of us in and out of the ACB community. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Sunday Edition. I'm Anthony Corona, your host, and it's a special Sunday. Well, it's a special Sunday anytime you come and join Sunday Edition, but today is the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. 30 years ago today, it was signed into existence and There is um, some blog postings on ACB Voices, our brand new blog that's at acbvoices.org. Later on today or early tomorrow morning, you'll see a post from Paul Edwards that promises to be a fascinating read. And if you did not get a chance, look for the Tuesday topics from this week, which was all about the EDA, and it was a fascinating show. But back to Sunday edition. I am here with three fascinating couples. We're doing our second couples edition. I'm joined later on in the program by David and Rhonda Trott. Also later on, we'll have Lori and Mike, formerly of New York, now out of Virginia. Later on, we'll do a roundtable trivia thing with everybody involved. But please help me welcome Ray and Karen Campbell. Right? Hey, where's right. the applause? Where's the applause? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm waiting for the applause. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, great to great to be here. And although I was, when you said all the categories that this show covers, I was going to hang up because I'm like, what the heck am I doing here? So it's, uh, it's a, no, it's great to be here. And uh, thank you for uh, inviting us to be a part of it. And happy birthday, ADA. Yes. Yes. Happy birthday, ADA. So a lot of people in ACB know you by your position, know you by reputation. We want to get to know you and Karen as people and as a couple. So why don't we start out with you guys telling us how you guys met and how you guys came to be part of ACB. <laughs> well, now, now they know me by reputation. That's a little scary, but um, uh, well, I'll, I'll kind of, st- I'll kind of start this. Uh, so and then I'll let Karen pick it up. So we um, we actually, uh, well, I'd, I've been a part of ACB actually a couple of years before we met. Um, I joined in 1990. Uh, so I'm about as old in ACB as ADA is. So think about that. Um, uh, by the way, hello to my, our good buddy, Donna, Donna Corson, who I just heard joined the call a little bit ago. You are unmuted. Uh, anyway. Audio now unmuted. Somebody's uh, jaws is talking there. there anyway, there was me. I unmuted Donna because I thought she, you were going to talk to her. Sorry about that. No, I just said hello to her. I just said uh, to do that. Okay. So anyways, uh, so I had been in ACB a couple of years and also involved with my state affiliate. And um, we, um, in 1992, um, we had an advocacy issue here in Illinois where 
uh, our adult training center, uh, which is now called uh, the Illinois Center for Rehabilitation and Education, uh, was uh, they were going to close their dormitory uh, component and merge it with something called the Illinois Children's School and Rehabilitation Center. And, okay, so we had this image in our heads in ICB of, okay, you have newly blinded adults getting used to vision impairment uh, with it merged in, in a facility with children in wheelchairs and on gurneys and all sorts of things. Uh, this, just, this just did not look good. So um, I first found out about this at a uh, Illinois Council of the Blind board meeting. Um, in, in early May of 92, the next weekend was Mother's Day weekend. I was at my, okay, yeah, this is going to get real interesting. I was at my ex-girlfriend's house for Mother's Ooh. Day, and I'll let Karen pick it up from there. <laughs> Uh-oh, this hey. sounds like it's going to be a good story. Go on, Karen. Oh, it, it is. It is. Um, basically, um, I... Uh, See, I had found out about this or whatever from, 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 uh, I forget exactly how I found out about it, but well, I, well, I you, didn't you find were, out you were, about it. I was an alumni association. Yeah. I was an alumni association because I went back through the facility in the late 80s uh, because I had lost more vision than I, I used to have more vision than I currently do. But in any case, I found out about it through the Alumni Association, and one and uh, a friend of mine, who was also a friend of the ex-girlfriend, um, you know, she knew the ex-girlfriend, and I I wanted to talk talk to her about it, so. Um, this mutual friend gave us the no gave me the number. I called to talk to her about it because you know I knew she I, she had gone through there, and she wasn't really interested. But she uh, there's somebody who may be more interested. She gave the phone to Ray, and we started talking about it. And um, think. Things would things would move, and soon uh, things happened, and uh, those two became history. And by nine, by by spring of late fall of '92 or spring of '93, we were dating. And '93 um, was also my first ACB convention, and I've been going pretty much straight since but uh no we were and that would be my begin the beginning of my involvement in uh acb and uh the illinois council <laughs> so your introduction to advocacy your introduction to acb also brought you your introduction to your husband that's pretty darn <laughs> awesome right <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever broken bread with the ex-girlfriend? Oh God, no, no, <laughs> no. It, it, there's no. It, she, uh, she is a uh, very, very, uh, you know, was you know, a nice woman, but uh, had 
there was some, well, and actually, um, to go back a little bit, um, uh, when I introduced her to, to my mother, um, my mother kind of said, um, you know, we would never tell you what to do, but, uh, you might want to be a little, um, cautious, I guess is the word I'd use. And, um, you know, I started kind of noticing things and, uh, decided that maybe I needed to, uh, <clears throat> take a different path, so to speak. And, uh, that's, that's kind of what happened. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was, um, and stuff. Well, and, you know, you know, Karen's involvement with say the alumni and stuff. I mean, she'd been done a little bit of advocacy, uh, but not to the degree until she, until she got involved in ACB, I would say. Yeah, I uh, would say that's true. And I'd gone to, and I, so I went to two conventions uh, before we went, both went to the San Francisco convention in 93. I went to Tampa and to uh, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix 92. And um, uh, I, <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, the first couple of years I went to conventions, I spent more time running around doing tours and playing more than and working so um but you know that kind of started to change as i've gotten uh, a little bit more involved obviously so yeah so uh, so yeah we are we, we we met through advocacy and another part of it that kieran did mention was that we also in late 92 started having some issues with paratransit um where they oh, were going to yeah. dial dial our paratransit back to strictly following the limits of the ADA. Before that, they had uh, followed Section 504 of the Rehab Act, and we had basically had service across the whole county. And mm -hmm. when they dialed, wanted to dial back to go within just three quarters of a mile of uh, fixed routes, uh, we live in a, uh, in a suburban county that has areas that don't have a lot of fixed routes. And so we were fighting very strongly against that. And we actually first met each other uh, in person. We talked on the phone a number of times, but met each other in person doing some of the um, transportation. Yeah, I think it was one of the hearings probably. Yeah. Yep. So advocacy and dating, that sounds like a lot of fun. What were the first, what were the first couple of dates like? Uh, you know what? I mean, we had, it was, you know, it was kind of typical what you'd expect for the first date. I mean, the thing, the thing was, Anthony, is that I think what we found is that, you know, I mean, our common thread was ACB and our interest in trying to make things better and obviously, you know, fighting for transportation, which was something that was important to each of us personally. Um, so we could, you know, maintain our jobs and, and do the things like that. So, you know, I, I really, I don't see it really as any different than any other couple in the sense that you, you meet and you, you start to make connections based upon things that you have in common, common interests, common, um, you know, types of things. So, um, yeah, we, we, we talk about advocacy, but you know, they were, I'd say they were typical, you know, dates and everything. I mean, we, you know, we go out to dinner and, uh, and then different, mm -hmm. uh, different things like that. And, uh, uh, we had a place, uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. Um, we had a, a local at the time, a local cab company around here, which was actually one of the most unreliable cab companies there was, except when certain people oh. were working, were oh, working. Yeah. but it got to the point. So like, 
I might go over, I might go visit her at her apartment or she'd come visit me at mine. And, um, it usually was on a Sunday, not on a Sunday or something and, or a Saturday. So, um, when like I would call the, this cab company to get a ride home, they'd say, Oh, you're going to, I lived in Naperville. She lived in Elmhurst, Illinois at the time. I'd call and she'd say, going to Naperville? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, vi- then oh, vice, yeah. v- vice and, versa. And I would call, going to Elmhurst? Yeah. <laughs> so, and, um, yeah, and we had, and then the other thing we had, uh, the, the, the paratransit uh, folks used to have a little fun with us, too, when we'd call, like, schedule trips to go visit each other or to meet each other's uh, different places and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they would, the, 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 that was kind of a, this kind of funny how that all worked out. In fact, um, one of the, uh, things I most remember while we were, uh, dating <clears throat> in, uh, 95, um, we, we got married in 97, uh, but in 95, so it was a fairly long engagement. Um, 95, uh, her sister, Karen's sister got married. Um, and, uh, I went to the wedding and, I had to take the paratransit to get there. And so I get on the bus at one of my favorite drivers and I said, Russ, I said, take a good look because you'll never see me in a suit again on one of these vehicles. So <laughs> and 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 then and then when and then at the time we had to transfer buses at a, a location because the county was split into two service areas. And oh, yeah. so I made the transfer. It turned out the driver that picked me up had taken her the previous day to because she stayed over for the sister's wedding at her parents' house. So yeah. uh, the, the that same driver had taken her the previous day and said because he, he was like, "Oh, are you going to the wedding and this and that." So it's kind of funny that way. Yeah, see, see the way that service was set up, I could I could basically use once I moved out to Glen Ellen, I could use. I could use either one because I was my work was like right on the edge on the divide line between the two yep, areas. Right so, on gotcha. the divide line. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah. So, so our dates, our, our dates were pretty, you know, being, like I said, that was, you know, the common theme. Um, we, we spent a lot of our visits together, Anthony. We did, we did a lot of, advocacy work at the time it was you know, we didn't have the internet then or, or as much as we do now um, no, i can no. only admit so we'd be sitting writing letters we we uh we oh, we, we gra- were going to offices or places we like a mailboxes etc and fax which is the ups store now um yeah. we, we we commandeered the fax machine in the management office in my apartment complex a number of times to fax stuff and uh, so that, that was just kind of, um, I mean, we did the you know typical dating things too, but we also did a lot of uh, the advocacy work and stuff. And how was that first dinner with mom after the <laughs> proclamation of the ex? The procl- well, um, now that's interesting. Um, now her family was very, I felt her family was very accepting of me and, and mine was too, I, I think, um, so, you know, we, we, uh, you know, we got together and actually we had dinner with, uh, both families had dinner together at, uh, uh, at an ACB convention in 1994 in Chicago, <laughs> uh, because my oh, parents yeah, came, right. the her, par- her parents came to the banquet and so did mine. And so we got 
uh, we got a table with uh, the two of the, or the six of us. And then uh, there were a couple of other people that we had um, uh, join us. So uh, no, the, 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 it was, it was good. And uh, you know, her, her, you know, her folks were very, except uh, one of the other funny stories that um, I'll tell is, uh, and I'll let Karen pick up on this too. So the night that we, uh, that I uh, proposed, um, we had had dinner. Um, this was in March of 96 and, uh, I'd had dinner over at uh, her place. Uh, and so, you know, made the proposal. She said, yes, of course. And, um, so wanted to tell somebody. So I call my, I call her mom. Her mom wasn't around. I called her dad. Her dad was at their Karen's folks had a place for many years in Sarasota, Florida. He was down there, you know, kind of checking on things or whatever. Called him. He wasn't there. Called my brother. He wasn't around. <laughs> it's like, I can't tell. I can't find anybody to tell. I'll let Karen pick it up from there because she did call somebody and tell them and should have done something else. <laughs> oh, yes. I called I call my aunt up in Wisconsin and told her. And she was happy and everything. That was all well and good. Well, I should have picked up the phone and called my grand, my paternal grandmother. You, you got you got it backwards, son. You called your grandmother, your fraternal, your grandmother, and you should have called your aunt. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Been too many years, so I got it back. I called my <laughs> grandmother and uh, told her, and should have called my aunt. Because a phone got picked up and used. Yeah, grandmother <laughs> spilled the beans to the aunt. So yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly what happened, and, and I should have known that was going to happen. Yep. I'm wondering, did it work that way with paratransit too? Because, like you said, when you get to know certain drivers and so on and so forth, you then get in with a new driver, and they're like, "Oh, we know about you." And yeah, so did it. Did it run <laughs> through was, paratransit pretty quickly? I think. Too? I think they. I think. Uh, back then, a lot of the paratransit drivers they knew who the uh, couples were. Oh yeah, I think that's true, and I think um, especially uh, you know because we're in a, a in an area that they run they don't run as many trips as say in the city of Chicago proper, and so they kind of get to know who different uh, folks are and what they do. Yeah, it kind of got through the uh, especially some especially if you're a regular, and we both were. Yep. Yep. So I heard that 93 convention was really um, one to remember. And I, I think I want to do a Sunday uh, edition, at least a segment about the protests that you guys had done back then and so on and so forth. But I use that to lead into what is your most memorable convention together and why? Hmm. Oh, to think about that. Our most memorable convention together, and why? Um, oh boy, I've been to so many. It's we've been to so many. Yeah, same oh, here, same it's here. It's hard to say. I, I, you know, I think I think I'd have to say for me, it was the um, it, it was the um, I'd say the 1998 convention that was held in Orlando. And I say that was memorable for, it was our first convention after we'd been married. 
Uh, we got married yeah. in August of 97, so we weren't quite married by the time we did Houston. Um, the we were convention married, and just it was just a, a neat convention because there was so much stuff to do and so many great things to go see. Like we went to the like getting to go to the Kennedy Space Center. It's just a really no, neat yeah. thing. I'd done that when I was a kid, and, and there's just a lot I didn't remember, and so getting to do that was uh, and actually you know walk through and and just see the 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 whole vehicle assembly and uh, all the different things was just it was a neat thing um for that um although probably probably second place for me was the 2000 convention in louisville and not for a really good reason but well it was a good reason for us it wasn't a good reason um it kind of it was kind of bad overall. What happened was that we had we had a nephew at the time that was playing baseball, and we wanted to we went to the Louisville Slugger Museum, and we wanted to get him a personalized baseball bat. And uh, so I said, you know, we, this I said to one of the volunteers, actually Kevin Berkeley, I said, listen, I want to do this. We want to do this. And whoever was in charge of the trip said, no, no, you got to stay right here. Kevin says, listen, I'm taking them to do what they want to do. And you're not, and this is how it's going to be. And so <laughs> that was really, but just to, to yeah, do that, that was, to that do that for him was, yeah, to do that, for, you know, God bless her soul. But um, yeah. to do that for Brad was, was special. And it was just a, a oh, neat yeah. way to celebrate uh, a convention. So I'd say 98, again, the first convention after we were married and, um, you know, all that. Uh, Kara, what about you? What would you, you say? Let's see. I would say I probably, uh, I probably have several that I could put in that category. 98 would be one. 2000 would be one. Uh, 96 before we were married would be, would be one. That was not not one of my more fun conventions, but because I had broken my leg that spring and I was still coming out of that. But I'll, I'll tell you, drugs, the shuttle drivers at that convention, they knew how to uh, curb a vehicle, which, <laughs> which, which was nice. But I also, my, also a memory I have and I think Ray would appreciate this because what I got exposed to has really helped me at conventions. It was 2002 when I was really uh, introduced to the assistive listening devices. That was Houston, second Houston convention. And once I, once I did that, once I uh, learned about those and started using those, I started to do much better on the convention floor. Yeah. And I think that really helped things out. He didn't have to get after me for for things that I was doing and and so well, what, you know, she would get frustrated because she couldn't always hear. And it's like, exactly. you know, try this out. I said, you know, try this out. Just see if you can do it. And Boy, it's just, it's made a big difference. And for her, not only for her, but I think for a lot of people, there are conventions that we are able to offer that. Yeah. Yep. So what do you guys think of this year's convention? 
I'll Karen, why don't you go ahead and start? I always start. I thought it, I thought it was good. It was it was interesting. I liked it because I could because as someone who also has a has a hearing loss, I was able to use um, things that things that worked for me um, as far as as far as listen as far as listening to things. Right now, I'm using my iPhone with a uh, with a streamer, and then what the streamer does is it runs the sound right through my hearing aid. It's all Bluetooth. Mm. Yeah. I think I oh I love this year's convention. It was I've said this to several people, Anthony. That I, I think what the the thing that really the two things that really struck me about this year's convention were one, the professionalism that it sounded like. I mean, you would not mm-hmm. know that the people that were doing the hosting, running a lot of the controls and stuff, are volunteer most for the most part volunteers. And second of yeah. all, because they were well trained. And second of all, the amount of talent that we have in this organization that can do some of the things. I mean, what Rick was doing in his garage was just outstanding. And, um, what, uh, you know, Debbie and Tony, I mean, Debbie and Debbie Hazleton and Tony Stevens could get on any morning radio drive show anywhere mm-hmm. I mean, if they wanted to. <laughs> and so, um, and, and do pretty darn well. And, uh, but everybody just really pit- contributed so much and, you know, I've, I've said before, I've said to several people that when the board, we made the decision to go virtual, I thought, yeah, we'll have a few sessions, maybe a little bit of a general session, this and that. I mean, 108 breakout sessions. That was amazing. And all of our special interest affiliates got on board. Our committees got on board with it. And everybody mm-hmm. that made it happen and worked it out. And um, my special shout out. If there's anybody in special I want to single out, it's JoLynn Bailey Page because for some of us that needed, they're totally blind and needed to figure out how to set up video. She was mm-hmm. outstanding at getting that, getting that set up, helping us get that set up right, and uh, all that. No, I thought it was a really good convention, and I really it, it showed me what we can do. Um, and I've said this in the community that I think within five years. People will be attending and fully participating, both physically and virtually. I, I truly believe that. As to as to why, because I mean, even even through our even through our uh, sassy social, we we heard that. I mean, people liked having that virtual option because you don't have to worry about getting lost. You don't mm-hmm. have to worry about running from session to session, trying to trying to find it and all that stuff. Yeah, somebody get... made a funny comment about the next physical convention. Let's hope it's Phoenix. I'm I'm sure it will be, but let's pray that uh, they may spend just as much time in the hotel or in a small back back of the restaurant cafe table than they will in actual physical meeting rooms if we do the virtual and physical component together yeah yeah I that was funny it is, it is funny and um you know not, not having to well and the and the, the thing i didn't miss the thing i didn't miss the most at the convention was the elevator lines after sessions that's like herding cats it really is <laughs> it's really kind of crazy yeah 
So let's spend a couple of minutes getting to know the two of you as a couple, if that's okay. I'm going to throw sure. out a few questions and feel free one, you know, one start, the other one finish and vice versa. Um, so let's go with TV and movies first. Are we romantic comedies, action, adventure, suspense, thriller? What's, what's a good movie night for you guys? Uh, <clears throat> um, a good movie night, I'd say, um, give me a good political documentary or give me a good comedy. Um, those would be the things that I that I enjoy. I don't really watch a lot of movies. My, my TV watching is most and radio listening is mostly sports. A shame here. Mostly sports. What's your sport yep. of choice, Karen? Um, I definitely movie like political documentary and and yeah. things. He asked you what your sports, what your choice of sport is that you like to. Um, baseball, football. Those are the same things here. I am so happy they're playing Major League Baseball again. I'm. It's just been that's been something that I've missed uh, a lot. Uh, it's, mm. it's just the ability to miss that. But yeah, you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping we play football. And uh, you know, I don't know how that's going to work, but uh, definitely glad they're playing baseball. I also yeah, host. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I also host a soap opera um, talk show once every two weeks and i have always said that soap opera fans are the most rabid and at times crazy fans that are out there but <laughs> in these last uh two months i don't know if baseball or soap people take uh and i played baseball all through college and high, uh, high school and college so i don't know who's crazier soap fans or Anthony, baseball up, fans <laughs> up, in, up until up until this weekend we've had to watch golf <laughs> so I, yeah. I, don't, I don't mind watching golf actually um um, love the because I love listening to the sounds of the outdoors and the sounds I'm hitting the ball. But um, um, it's it's um, definitely glad to see baseball back. <laughs> uh, who's the cook in the family? Here. Who's the who's the cook in the family? You ask. Um, actually, we kind of make that a team effort. Um, we do. I mean, I'm I'm real good with uh, meat. Um, I can. I can cook. I can cook a mean steak. I can cook a uh, a good, uh, you know, you know, good good pork chop dinner. Um, um, I can do the part. Uh, she's better with things like the the potatoes and the vegetables and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and there, and there are some things we do. There are some recipes that we use that we uh, work together on too. Nice. If you were faced with a good cop, bad cop situation, who's the better good cop? Who's the better bad cop? Oh, God. <laughs> if I was faced with a good cop, bad cop situation, well, I'm, I'd say I'm definitely the good cop only because I'm a little bit more easygoing, laid back. That doesn't mean that I can't get a little, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, it takes me a while to blow, but once I blow, stay out of the way because uh, I'll get just as fast as 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 as, um, as re Karen would have to admit this: that patience is not her virtue. No, it is not, and I <laughs> and I come by it honestly because my father never had it either, and I take after him. 
So Karen, I'll ask you first, and then Ray, of course, you can chime in. What is the biggest thing that what is the biggest thing you've learned about yourself being with Ray? And what do you admire about Ray the most? I guess the biggest thing I've learned about myself is that, you know, in fact, um, I can I can do more things I think than I think I can. Um, I mean he's he's always had the for example he's always had the better mobility skills than I do for a variety of reasons. But I I just um, I guess I've just learned that you know use what you've got don't and and know what your weaknesses are and don't don't let it stop you from doing doing things and and um, basically well, like about right he he basically we he basically supports me and what do I whatever I want to do you know I support him and you know we uh we support each other yeah. I think as far as what I've learned about me is that um, uh, I do, I've, I've learned to be a little bit more, I mean, I think I'm pretty patient, but I've even learned a little bit to be a little bit more so because there are things that Karen can't do as well as I, and she admit that. Um, and I just have to, I just have to understand that uh, there are going to be, you know, that, that she may, she'll accomplish the same thing. She just might get there in a little different path than, than I do. I think what I admire about Karen is that she kind of keeps me in check a little bit in that, um, you know, say, hey, you know, don't, don't get in over your head. Don't try to do too much. And she's, and this woman's got a memory like a steel trap. I mean, She's mm. and I've been told that by people, including my boss at work. So, like, <laughs> like for example, if there's something that I need to, if if there's something, sometimes I, I'm not the greatest at always remembering to uh, get certain things done. So, I'll just say, you know, hey, Karen, could you remind me that I need to do the boy? She will remind me until I get it done. Um, she'll bug me about it until it's done. So, if it's something that I really need to do, so. Definitely, that's that's a that's a good trait. Awesome. I want to check in with Engineer Extraordinaire Byron for a second. Do we have anyone with a raised hand with any questions for Ray and Karen? Well, uh, I don't see any raised hands. Although I do see that Donna is unmuted. So, um, Donna. hey, Donna. I don't mean to be. I'm just not used to using this uh, Zoom platform. <laughs> well, here's anyway, your chance. I just... remember me and Ray, uh, Karen, Karen and Ray really well. So we lived in the, the same apartment building for a while. Yeah. Good were they good neighbors? Excuse me? Ray and Donna were. Yeah, yeah. She, we, we were like three we floors. Married. We were like three floors apart, so we couldn't. I couldn't uh, like. It wasn't like she heard. I didn't hear her wild parties or anything. So, <laughs> how you doing, Donna? 
I'm doing fine. Enjoying Good. retirement. <laughs> I bet you are. Bet you are. No, no. Um, uh, there was. Um, that was. Uh, yeah, we had. We had. Uh, we had a lot of fun back in those days. It was. Uh, it was okay. an interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, little. Uh, little complex. It was an interesting place to live. That's. Uh, that was for sure. But. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, glad to. Uh, glad you. Glad you jumped on to. To listen. So. I do have a fun little thing, um, you know, about the assisted living, de- uh, assistant, assisted listening devices. Um, so at the 27 or 2016 convention, um, Karen would text me because I was the person that was in charge of running around um, and replacing batteries on wireless microphones and, and dealing with people's um, listening devices. And Karen and she would text me and go my battery's dead or hey this isn't working or you know whatever and so um one day one day during general sessions i'm walking around asking people as they enter the room do you need an assisted living listening device i keep wanting to say living an assisted listening (laughs) device and i asked this very tall man with a beard and a bald head excuse me sir would you like an assisted listening device and he goes no byron i wouldn't it's chris <laughs> my friend chris had shaved his head he had shaved his head and grown a beard since the last time i saw him and i didn't recognize him <laughs> <laughs> okay All but, right. yeah yeah, I, I actually, um, it, it, and, and actually over the years, uh, because she's used the assistive listening, I've actually gotten pretty good at adjusting them um, and stuff, too. So uh, I'm actually... And you, had I, to use, and you had to use one on stage one year. Yeah, that was in, uh, I want to say that that was in 20, is it 17 or 18? I think it was 18, and we were in St. Louis. And uh, where I was sitting... They, I couldn't, I mean, I was up on stage, but yet like when Kim was talking, I couldn't hear her. And when the people were talking from the podium, I couldn't hear them. And so I actually went down and plopped down 20 bucks and got me an ALD and nice. used a pair of earbuds. And I was able to then listen and, you know, pick things up a little bit clearer. And, uh, um, boy, I envy those folks that use ALDs in a way because they get, they get such clearer, clearer sound as to what uh, is going on so and it was it was neat ray, ray karen and i were uh on the same local affiliate um at, at the illinois council of the blind and mm-hmm. it was because of um karen's advocacy um that we got we got assisted listening devices at our local chat in like our 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 state, affiliate, state affiliate convention yeah yep oh yeah we did, that. and I have to, and, and the and the person also that I have to give a lot of credit to for helping me understand how to you know, adjust the devices and stuff. Larry Turnbull uh, told me how to do a lot of that. Larry. So Larry, if Larry, for listening, we're thinking about you and uh, hoping you're getting better. Well, Ray, Karen, you guys are going to stick around. We're going to do a nice roundtable at the end of the show. I want to thank you for joining me thus far and thank you anthony thank you anthony you're welcome i will be right back with david and Rhonda trot after this quick message 
The American Council of the Blind plays an important role in the daily lives of blind and visually impaired individuals all over the country. Whether it's making products and services more accessible for the blind, advocating for appropriate education for blind students, issuing scholarships to deserving college students, fighting for accessible currency, along with a host of other issues, it takes contributions from all of us. You can help by joining the monthly monetary support program, MMS. It's a great opportunity for members and friends to make sure these efforts continue. What ACB does enhances all of our lives. For more information, go to our website, acb.org, click on the donations link, go to the MMS tab, and enter. Or call 612-332-3242. Well, we're back with Sunday edition. This is a couple show. You just heard Ray and Karen Campbell. And now I am joined by David and Rhonda Trotz. Welcome. Good afternoon. Thank you. Good afternoon. <laughs> well, I think one of the things I, I've made a lot of jokes about convention this year that uh, one of the most asked questions was, can you hear me now or am I unmuted? But number four or five on that list was, oh man, I'm not going to be able to hang out with Rhonda on a tour. (laughs) (laughs) You were, you were very, very, very much missed on the in-person touring aspect of convention, but I am so glad you guys could join me. David, real quick, MMS was uh, highlighted much during convention, and 321, do you remember who ended up being 321? No, I I really, I don't. I had it, uh, I got it in an email that day, and I've been going through this massive email cleaning, so I I dumped it out, but I, (laughs) I would like to say that we're well above 321 now, and it's, it's, y'all, and thanks to you guys jumping on board, uh, I know that uh, I think you joined us this year, didn't you? And uh, we we just had so many new people, and it was just a great year for MMS, and uh, let's just keep it growing. (laughs) So, like in the last segment, tell me how you guys met and how you guys came to be with ACB. Well, first of all, I'm a Southern gentleman, so it should (laughs) be ladies first, but I was informed by the lady in my life that that didn't take place here. So (laughs) Um, we actually met in school, but, uh, you know, I was the younger of the two and uh, a little too wild for the child, you know? And uh, so actually, um, you know, it's kind of weird. A couple of historic things happened ACB wise in my life that year. Uh, In 1977, I took a vending location in Gadsden. And uh, a lady by the name of Rhonda Lynn got me to join ACB. And uh, it was kind of amazing. Paul and I were talking today, and, and we actually joined ACB the same year. And uh, that's kind of weird because he's older than I am, too. I just want to share that with you. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm uh, sure Paul is thanking you as we speak. <laughs> well, I... You know, I told him I'd get even someday for all these jabs he put at me. So it's my turn. Um, but actually, Rhonda and I knew each other, you know, uh, through school. And uh, then she helped me a good bit in college. When when uh, I came up to Gadsden State, I was 
a vendor and went to college some at the same time. I'm one of those forward learners. I've got an associate's degree and about 500 hours of college. So, <laughs> you, you know, I, um, I took what I wanted to know. But uh, we, we got started then, you know, I guess. And uh, then in 1983, uh, she finally decided I might work out for her. And uh, she took me on. <laughs> and she's evidently raised me pretty well. So it's, it's, been a great, it's been a great role for about 37 years now. Rhonda, was there chasing involved? Or did you know? Uh, actually, we just kind of, when we started hanging out, hit it off together. And, you know, you say you marry your best friend. I married my best friend. And he today still remains my best friend in my whole life. And we just hung out together and just ended. But he is correct. When he was younger, if he hadn't straightened up, we never would have made it. <laughs> Actually, I, I think her words to me was, I wouldn't have stayed with you till the water got hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. He did settle down from being a wild child. <laughs> <laughs> So, tell us about the proposal, Rhonda. Oh, Lord, because I'm not sure I remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I want to say we were with, had been with some friends and went out to dinner and we came back to my apartment and he was real subtle he uh we were we loved country music and we were listening to music and there was a certain country show that we listened to every time we were together and uh, this song played and he looked at me and he said hey how about less hooking up let's just get married <laughs> I said, well um Sounds like a plan to me. So that's how it happened. It wasn't real, you know, it was just, let's do this. So we did. I caught her off guard, actually, you know. Actually, you did. <laughs> that's the best way to go. But the funny thing about our friends that we went out to eat with, I thought it was rather strange because they usually came back and we all hung out together. And I, they had so much to do that evening. I, I said to him, I said, well, they sure were busy tonight. And he said, yeah, they were. And, you know, so we, but they knew this all along. Mm. It's, it's fun being the only, though, the surprised one in the room. I yes. can imagine the conversations the next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us about ACB. When did you guys really get into the advocacy and the, the family feeling of ACB? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. We, we both, uh, I think Rhonda had just joined, and I wasn't even a member of ACB at the time. The national convention was in Alabama, in Mobile. And uh, I want to say it was 75. And we both were there, but we didn't, we didn't see each other. So it was kind of weird. But that's how we really probably got introduced to ACB nationally. And uh, it went on. A, a lot of advocacy was 
was needed to be done at that time. You know, uh, when, when I was in college, I was a Braille student, but because I could read print, they wouldn't buy me a Braille writer. So that was my first step into avocation. And uh, it was successful. And of course, you know, I was young. I got the big head. Hey, I'm good, you know. But but uh, <laughs> we, we kind of got into it, you know, as a self-need. And it went on from there. We've, we've always believed that, uh, you know, the only way you're going to get anything out of life is to advocate. And ACB was the uh, organization that we chose because it, it fit our beliefs more than, than any of the other organizations that were around its time. I can definitely understand that. And so now years in, you know, and conventions later, Rhonda is the mistress of tours. You're our treasurer. How often does work in home life intersect and what happens when it does? Well, uh, fortunately we, we both love ACB and we, we do a lot more for ACB time-wise since we both retired than we ever could have when we worked. So we don't let it interfere. You know, Rhonda will say, I need you to proof this before I send it. Uh, Rhonda will start working on Phoenix tours a little later this year, but let's go back and say it was a normal year. Uh, this would be the week Rhonda would kick off working tours for Phoenix. You know, so uh, she works. And, of course, you know, I have things going on, like we'll have an investment committee next week. And uh, there's always committees that I'm involved with that, uh, you know, that I go to. And and sometimes, it, you know, she has to entertain company that we forget one's coming up. Um, Rhonda and the uh, Echo devices are my reminders. And I'll tell you, Rhonda, Rhonda does <laughs> – Oh, hush. Uh, Rhonda does a better job than they do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would imagine but, so. But it really, Rhonda, I don't think it really interferes with anything. We just work around it. No, I, people are going to think this is um, just something we say, but David and I are saying, and it's been this for a long time with us regarding ACB and where we put our priorities are, you know, it gets in your blood and it's just there and we love it and we love supporting it. And if something comes up, if there's any way possible, we work our daily lives around ACB to do the things that we need to do. And I guess we work so well with it together is because we both love it and we do things to help each other in that regard and so it really doesn't interfere with our life at all i guess the, the hardest thing anthony though with with acb is uh when it interferes with a good book <laughs> you, you hate to put it down and go to work you know <laughs> so what was convention like for you this year Rhonda? it, it had to have been a surreal experience to look at, to listen to some of those tours and uh, and realize that, you know, A, a lot of the hard work that you would put in for um, uh, for Schomburg, unfortunately, it would have to be placed on a shelf until 2023. But did you experience convention this year in a way you never had before because of being tour mistress? <laughs> I, 
I did. Uh, first thought when they talked about this, I thought this is not going to work. I just can't see people buying into it. And then when everybody did, it was so amazing. Uh, I thought the virtual tours were really good. But now, let me say, I don't want us to have those kind of tours every year because I love planning those tours and making sure everybody gets to touch things and, you know, the things for everybody. Uh, but in the time that we were in, I think it was excellent. I did miss the tours this year. I missed seeing everybody. But we had some friends come down uh, and stay with us the week of convention. And we all listened to convention together and hung out together. So, so we had our own little mini convention at, at our house. So, but I understand the need for virtual conventions, but to me, nothing will ever take the place of in-person conventions. Yeah, and I can't wait to, uh, I can't wait to experience another Ronda tour. It was definitely the highlight of Rochester for me. Well, thank no. you. Sorry, I'm at Gabe. So it was the second highlight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready for convention next year. I know we just got through with one, but Phoenix can't get here fast enough. If we if we get to have a in person convention, and I hope we do. So let's do let's do some fun stuff. Let's get to know you guys as a couple, and and get to know a little bit outside of the AC bill the ACB realm. So I'm going to switch up the questions from the first segment and I'm going to go with my gut and ask which one of you is more stubborn and who gives in first when you are in a stubborn impasse? Me? <laughs> I'm the most stubborn. Um, She's right. <laughs> <laughs> happy wife, and, happy life. <laughs> and, David, and David gives in first. Because I, I'm stubborn. <laughs> where is your dream non-ACB related? Where's your dream vacation to go together? The beach. Any beach? Honey, I don't care. Just as long as it's a sand and water. It doesn't matter where. <laughs> and some nice sunblock for David to rub in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's I love the beach. <laughs> you, you know, actually, though, if if we were to be honest, we've already had our dream vacation. We had it a few years ago. Uh, we lost a dear friend this month, Burl Collie. And we traveled yeah. a lot with Burl and Denise. And we went to a place called Orange Beach. It was a resort down in uh, Orlando. And we just had a great, great time together. And it was just, uh, you know, it was just amazing. Uh, the things that we got to do and, and was able to help Burl and Denise get to do. Um, you know, it, it was just, uh, if you could ever dream of something you could do like that uh, with, with some friends that might not be able to experience all you do, uh, you know, because of our vision, we do have some vision. And it, it was just had a great time. So to me, if, if I had a dream vacation, I think I've already had it. Well, there was a second one in line there, too. Um, when I retired, Burl, I had always wanted to go to Nashville 
to see all the Christmas decorations and Christmas lights. So mm. David and Denise and Burl got together and we went to Nashville and spent the week together. And um, I got to see all the Christmas lights and all the Christmas decorations. And the one thing that I did, David and I did, that I never will forget or regret one minute of was Burl wanted to go to Ernest Tubbs record shop. We went and David and I read him every CD, every album, every cassette in that store before we left. We were there over four hours and he bought so much stuff he had to, they had to ship it home because he couldn't get it on the plane. <laughs> wow. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> What was, and this is for both of you, whoever wants to go first, go first. What was the last surprising thing that you learned about the other person? Or the most recent surprising thing that you've learned about the other? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I went over to the office. Rhonda, Rhonda worked as a social worker for the Department of Human Resources. And uh, I went over there and uh, I, had, uh, I had to wait. She had a client. And I sat down and they said, as soon as she's through with her client, David, that I'll call you, I'll call you back. She'll call you back because I, I've got, you know, I had somewhere else I had to be. Well, she come out, she looked dead at me, but she called somebody else. So then on the way back, they said, well, after this and you got to see David, he's got to be somewhere. She said, I didn't know. She told him I didn't know it was out there. Well, I didn't know any of this. So she comes back out when she finishes that client and she gets me. And I said, why did you not get me first? You know, I had to be wherever it was. She said, I didn't see you. I said, you look dead at me. And she said, which side? And I said, and she said, you know, I don't see out of that eye at all. I said, hell no, I didn't know you didn't see out of that eye. <laughs> okay. Now, see, that could have been a deal breaker. She should have told me that earlier, but, but you know, hey, it, it is what it is. Thank <laughs> <But> you, Rhonda. <laughs> Well, I guess the night that I almost killed David, I realized um, I fixed, uh, I thought, well, BLTs will be good for supper tonight. And I fixed them and I set it down in front of David and David said, I can't eat this. I said, can't eat what? It's just tomato, lettuce, bacon and bread. He said, I am highly allergic to tomatoes. And <laughs> he said, if I eat a bite of this tomato, my throat will start closing up and I can't breathe. I said, oh, well, I guess I better fix something else for supper. <laughs> so I guess the night I tried to kill him was when I learned something about him. <laughs> See, we never have a dull moment. <laughs> these are some hashtag worthy moments the night I tried to kill him I learned something new <laughs> that's the first of many nights that's been tried to help what's downtime like what do you guys do together what do you guys do separately but enjoy that the other one gets to do well, you know, the, the thing that Rhonda gets to do occasionally that, 
that I enjoy her being able to do is, you know, when the girls get out and go somewhere together, um, because Ladies you know, night. Rhonda, Rhonda and I are be retired. Uh, you know, she'll be retired six years here pretty soon, or actually just has passed that. And so we're here a good bit together. So anytime that, you know, she's able to get out and enjoy things, uh, like that is, it's always good to me. Uh, we just enjoy so much together though. You know, we both like music. We both love to read. Uh, you know, we, we have a pool. Uh, we enjoy it most of the time <laughs> right now. So we're not too happy with it, but uh, overall, we have, um, and we like entertaining and, and I'll let her tell you a little bit about the entertaining, but, but we like to entertain, you know, and, and just be with friends. Rhonda? We, our house is pretty much, we hang out here a lot. We, we do karaoke. We um, have uh, big Christmas dinners, Thanksgiving dinners. Um, uh, we just, any excuse to cook, get together and eat. And we just love to cook and, um, you know, fix for people and have friends over and hang out. Uh, we are big football fans. We love Alabama. University of Alabama, but now we'll mm. watch any football game. It don't matter who's playing. If it's football, we're going to watch it. And we also watch pro balls. So, you know. Nice. And most people know that on Saturdays and Sundays, we're not, unless we're having company, we're, we're pretty much not talking much on the phone if a good ball game's on. So. Okay. <laughs> and what are the ball game uh, snack musts? Do, say again. What are the ball game snack musts? Are we uh, buffalo wings or more healthy snacks, beer in hand uh, and peanuts? What's what's uh, going on during a good game? Got to be popcorn. <laughs> yes, popcorn and Coke. Well, Diet Coke. You got to cook calories where you can. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us your favorite together convention memory. Probably, would you say run to 87 out in Los Angeles? Yes. Yes. Uh, we have one of our members honored. Uh, he actually got a telegram from the president. Uh, and then the that was in the banquet. And then the highlight, the other highlight of the banquet was the, a group called the Letterman, who probably nobody knows today because this was 1987. Uh, we got to see them. And it, it was... Uh, Really, uh, and the power went off in the hotel and we were on the 16th floor. So <laughs> it was really a great, memorable convention. At least we were in the bar with it. When <laughs> yeah. And not only that, that is, David, is that not the convention that we uh, almost crashed coming home? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, it was memorable. <laughs> <laughs> that was back when Delta had all their problems and we were on one of those planes that made CNN. So. Along with about, oh, probably 75 or 80 other blind people from the Southeast. <laughs> that, had to be a, that had to have been a memorable plane ride, for sure. <laughs> yes, we, we had to circle and dump fuel to be able to land back at the airport. But let me tell you what David done on that plane. We're landed, waiting to get off, and they keep us on about an hour. And... Uh, the stewardess says, we'll disembark and reload. And David raises his hand and says, stewardess, 
She says, yes, sir. He said, are we going back on this plane? And she said, well, I don't know. He said, well, I want to trade my ticket in on Greyhound. And she said, that's <laughs> She said, that's going to take you a long time to get there. She, he said, my chances of getting there alive is much better if we're going back on this plane. <laughs> <laughs> so I will carry also, over. We, we share a lot. So on that same plane ride, we got ready to took off. It was in, uh, take off. It was in the convention week, right? So we, everybody was just wore out. So Rhonda dozes off. So they don't tell us anything. So when they start dumping the fuel, and they get everybody sitting down and everything and locked in place. I wake Rhonda up and I said, wake up. We may crash. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to miss the adventure, you know. <laughs> he, said, I I didn't he said, I didn't want you to miss nothing. <laughs> if I have to be awake, so do you. That's what this ring means. <laughs> so I will carry over one question through all three segments. What... Have you learned about yourselves from the other person and what is what you admire most? And we'll go with Rhonda, ladies first. Oh, um, I have learned to not be as stubborn. <laughs> I'm not going I'm not going to notice she doesn't go with patience, just not as stubborn. <laughs> That's true. I do have patience. Now I have far more patience with other people than I do David. Oh, uh, you know, he can tell you if, if I want something done, I want it done yesterday. You know, we ain't got time to put this off. You know, let's do it <laughs> yesterday. So but I have learned to be more patient about about that and as I, as I get older, things that I thought were so important to get done are not quite as important as I thought they were. So I've learned to, I guess, mellow out a little bit. And the biggest thing you admire about David? That he, his willingness to care and to help other people and the main thing is no matter what is going on in our his life or our lives, he's always there for me, regardless what the circumstances are. David, your turn. Uh, I guess the, the one thing I've learned is uh, that Rhonda's a good calendar. <laughs> she, she definitely keeps me on track, and that's when stubborn comes in because um, – if something I can put off till tomorrow comes up and I can put it off till tomorrow, uh, I'm, I'm about ready for that if I'm doing something else. And she said, no, we're going to do it today. Uh, you know, so I've learned that over the years. But, uh, you know, basically uh, just learned to, to, to enjoy life, you know, and, and to get out and, and everything. To me and, and Rhonda, everything ought to be a good time. Well, Byron, real quick before we go to break, do we have anybody with any questions for David and Rhonda? 
Let's see. I do see one raised hand from uh, Paul Edwards, so I'm going to go ahead and lower that, your that hand. That one don't count, Byron. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if he starts talking about age, Byron, mute him, mute him. All right. You're unmuted, <laughs> Paul. Welcome, Paul. You might be asked to unmute yourself as well, so go ahead and unmute yourself, and then you should be able to talk. Here we go. Yep. Um, so actually, I wanted to I, I wanted to say something nice about them. They they said a few minutes ago, David and Rhonda did um, that that one of the things that is true of them is that they like to help each other. And and I guess I would say that the thing I've noticed at convention after convention, probably David and Rhonda are among my closest friends. So believe me, I notice what they do is that anytime they are going anywhere at, at our conventions. If somebody's having trouble, they will stop. Doesn't matter what they're doing and how quickly mm-hmm. they need to be somewhere else, but they will stop and they'll help that person. And um, and and the truth is, even though even though David can be nasty and vindictive, uh, <laughs> most of the time at convention he's really pretty nice. <laughs> well, Mr. Edwards, I definitely experienced that myself in Rochester. Rhonda helped me more than once figure out. How to get through those skyways. <laughs> so, before, Byron, if there are any other hands, let us know. But before we go to break, since I have the three of you, Paul, please stay on. Um, not planned whatsoever. I'm throwing, the, I'm throwing these guys and gals a, a curveball here. But you mentioned Burl a few times, and, and we had a lovely moment for Burl at, uh, at convention. But is there anything you want to say about Burl or to Denise? while you guys have the floor. Yeah, yeah, there is. Burl, Burl was kind of quiet. A lot of people would, a lot of people knew Burl, but they knew him as a quiet guy who, uh, you know, was there. But Burl actually did so much for ACB. He served on the board for eight years and he was the tour coordinator who broke Ronda in uh, back in the, the early 2000s. And he, he just was, uh, he loved the history of ACB. He chaired that committee for a lot of years. He just did so much so quietly. And Denise kind of carries that that same uh, mindset. Uh, you know, she chaired the Board of Publications for a while. And, uh, then she was on the board. Now she's our secretary and doing, doing a great job. But, but they both yeah. just go about the work that they do. Uh, and, and they don't expect a lot of kudos for it. You know, they're real quiet about it. And uh, they, they were just real assets. And Denise still will be, I'm sure, a great asset for ACB. And Burl was a great asset, and he'll be greatly missed by ACB. Rhonda, Paul, anything? Denise, I, I would just like to say, and I hope Denise is listening, that – we all have had great times together, conventions, trips, and all. And most of all, I want you to know that just because Burl is gone, we love you and we're here for you and we're, our great times together are going to continue. Amen. Yeah. Burl loved um, folk music, which I like. And we shared a lot of music together uh, on buses. And, and, and I guess I would just second what everybody else has said. Burl is, was was uh, uh, an amazingly capable person. Um, and, and I think he would have appreciated the blog I just wrote about history because that was his thing. Um, 
one of the things that he did for for the Washington Council of the Blind was write a, an article in, in each of their magazines for years about the history of their organization. And they were amazingly good articles. So Burrow will be missed and, and Denise is still loved. And, and we hope to all get together soon. All right. Anthony, I'd like to share a little funny story, if I could, sure. real quick about Burrow before we leave. Uh, when we were down in Orlando at Orange Beach, uh, for those people that don't know me, I, I do, uh, Rhonda and I do party DJ work and KJ work a lot. And so I listen to all kind of music. Well, Burl don't. <laughs> and uh, this song came out while we were there called Uptown Funk. Well, I, I fell in love with it, naturally. You know, it, as a DJ, it was upbeat. Uh, if you hadn't mm -hmm. heard it, you know, it, it's just a, a cool song. And so I downloaded it. And Burl said, <laughs> What is that? I said, oh, that's Uptown Funk. I said, I bought you a copy, too. He said, well, you can send mine back. <laughs> Byron, do we have anybody else? We do have um, two hands. Sheila and Ray are uh, both. Uh, uh, Sheila's already unmuted. So, Sheila. Good afternoon, everybody. How are you? Great. Bye, Bye Sheila. Hey, One Sheila. thing I missed about this year was not being able to see David and Rhonda. <laughs> that, that is always the highlight of National. And, of course, we did get to spend some time together in D.C., so that was a lot of fun. But yes, it was. it was. Anyway, it's good to hear you guys. Hope to see you in Phoenix. Us too. We do you as well, oh, yeah. honey. We missed you too. And tell your and sister hello. I will. <laughs> Gabriel and I are expecting an invitation to join all of y'all for dinner in Phoenix oh, yeah. for sure. We'll work on work. Ray, are you unmuted? Yes, I am. And uh, just real, two real quick things because I know we're running short on time. Um, first of all, uh, great stories about David and Rhonda. Now, now, I always thought David liked me until the. 2017 in Reno, when we went out to Lake Tahoe, he sends me down this boat dock to go get on this boat with nothing on either side of me and a very narrow path. I'm like, okay, what are you getting me into? And there were 4,000 reasons I didn't want Karen to go in the drink because of her hearing aids. So I, I was a little scared of that one. So we got off the boat. I said, okay, somebody is walking me back up this boat dock. I am not doing that again. So, that was, I, so I thought David liked me until then. Um, and, and just I did. Quick, I didn't push you in. But yeah, that's true, I guess. The other thing, the other thing I got to say real quick is, you know, Burl and Denise, I, I agree with everything you guys said about them, but uh, Burl and Denise were just, you saw them outside of ACB circles. They were just great people all around. Karen and I had the opportunity. Burl was on the Amtrak board and they had a meeting in Chicago. And we went downtown and met them for dinner. And that was just a really nice evening and just getting a chance to really get to know, you know, one of the bad things about ACB sometimes is we don't really get, take the time or make the time, I guess, to get to know each other the way that we should. And so that was a really nice chance to do that. I, I think Karen would agree with that. So, all right. All right, Byron, take us to break, and I will be right back with Lori and Mike. Help, I need somebody. Help, 
Let's face it, we are increasingly challenged to keep up with ever-changing technology. Would you like more help with how to use some tech device or equipment? How about programs and apps in your personal life and work? Consider joining Blind Information Technology Specialists, BITS. Membership gives you access to our exclusive email list for exchanging ideas, getting sometimes hard-to-find technical assistance, online presentations, workshops, and tutorials, and our live chat sessions. To join, go to bits-acb.org or email treasurer at bits-acb.org. Welcome back to Sunday edition and my roundtable session is getting smaller and smaller. So what I made an executive decision during that last promo to say that we will probably run over time and you will hear our outro, but those of us still here will keep chatting and I will post a link for the very first Sunday edition after the show party where the roundtable, you guys can get an exclusive link if you email me at acorona at acb.org. So this has been a great set of conversations so far. Let me please introduce Lori and Mike. You guys are unmuted. Hi. Lori, my former president before I moved from New York to Florida. And I'm here. I'm here also. It's Mike. Hi. All right. Here we go. Mike Odino. How are you? Doing how are you well. guys doing? <laughs> Do, doing well. You guys recently moved to Virginia. Yes, we did. And just in time to uh, get down here, not get oriented, and then have COVID hit. So we really don't know a lot about where we are. Uh, then I will I will skip all that. Is it a beautiful day in your new neighborhood questions? <laughs> uh, we, we have found a, a local farmer's market that delivers. So that's that's very, very nice. And, and we get uh, fresh meat and vegetables and eggs. And so we are definitely liking it. So you guys are an awesome ACB couple. Tell us. Tell us your story. How'd you guys meet? And uh, how'd you guys work your way into ACB? Well, we can't seem to agree on this, so I'll tell my version quickly. Um, <clears throat> we, um, we met through another blind student at Nassau Community College, and she had met both of us somehow, and uh, we, the three of us met in a room that had a bunch of outdated technology, one of those being a Kurzweil reading machine, that was uh, the size of a small washing machine and a bunch of dust. And uh, that was 1994, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. 94 it would have been, Um, the spring semester of of, uh, 94. So we, I had already begun my own advocacy work with Nassau Community College when I, started the disabled student services director i wanted my math portion of my entrance exam in braille um and he told me blind people don't read braille and i called paul schrader who then worked at the acb national office and he sent me a 30-page letter in braille citing different sections of both section 504 of the rehabilitation act and sections of the newly adopted Americans with Disabilities Act. And um, 
he uh, got me started with my advocacy bug and uh, Mike joined in and it wound up there were about five of us in the group and we got a lot of accessibility work covered, including a part-time staff member to work on adaptive technology at Nassau Community. And my first national convention was in 90, uh, let's see, 93 in San Francisco. And that was a graduation present from my mom. And Mike's first convention was uh, 90, Five. five which was where were you greensboro and um so at the same time we also were working on state issues because our local chapter was hosting the state convention still the biggest ever state convention with 130 registered participants and we did a a uh boat cruise on uh the great south bay and everybody said it wasn't going to work out and we rented the whole boat and everything worked out fine nobody fell overboard <laughs> and uh no it, dogs either uh, <laughs> no no dogs either no no um and um it was you know that was a great convention and so that's kind of the story mike what's, what's your recollection <laughs> Well, I, I I was on campus also when at the same time, and uh, I was having some difficulties, and uh, I I couldn't seem to, um, I guess, navigate the school and and the blindness, and uh, here I was trying to read textbooks, and uh, I couldn't see them, and uh, the academic counselor, a nice guy, referred me to um, our VR provider for the state, and um, I went to them and they kind of didn't know what to do with me and asked me what my plans were and and uh, because I couldn't come up with with plans they kind of said well we can't really uh, assist you but they didn't they just kind of let me hang and I went back to that academic counselor and I said to him you know look genius I said you referred me to these people who you know they don't even call me now I don't know what the story is he said there's a blind lady on campus he said, she uses a guide dog, find her. She can help. Oh, what's her name? And he wouldn't tell me. <clears throat> he well, found the other blind her? lady first. And he wouldn't tell me. And like she just said, find the other blind woman first. And because I was chasing every black bag on campus trying to find that blind <laughs> Thinking woman. Thinking it was a guide dog. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I did get to know Lori. And uh, we kind of grew together in, in building that 95 convention. And uh, we were spending a lot of time doing the advocacy work on campus. And uh, so we just kind of grew together and spent so much time together. And, and uh, it was just... The time that we spent together and, and uh, you know, we, we kind of grew together. So we, we didn't do that formal, you know, will you go out with me kind of thing. And, and we, we just kind of found ourselves spending ongoing time together. And before we knew it, we were just uh, um, kind of I, I, and I, I'll tell, you know, our friends and I'm going to share it here with my my close ACB friends and say that, uh, you know, Laurie put a hooks in me and uh, didn't let didn't let me go. <laughs> well, I think the the other thing is, is both of our moms uh, passed away in 96, three months apart. Wow. So that um, 
also was, I'm not going to say a bonding experience because that's kind of like a stupid word, but I can't think of anything else. Um, you know, so that also like drew us closer, I think. I don't know. Yeah. When you lose a parent, you start to reevaluate in a very quick manner where you've been, where you are now and where you're going. So I'd imagine if, if, if two of you were going through it relatively at the same time, a lot of similarities and a lot of, uh, you know, things that other people couldn't quite feel the same way. At least you had e each other to feel it together. It was tough. And, and at that time, you know, I said to Laura, you know, I, I have to go to Florida. You know, mom's not going to make it this time around and I have to go. And Laura said, and well, like David and Rhonda, we almost crashed on the way to Florida. We hit clear air and these drunk people began yelling, we're all dying. And oh, it was terrible. They actually were met by uh, some sort of law enforcement. <laughs> I don't know what the, yeah. So kind of like yelling uh, fire in a uh, movie theater, theater. but um, yeah, that was an interesting flight. Um, yeah. So if you don't mind sharing with our listeners, when did you start to know that it was more than just advocacy and friendship and, you know, a great working relationship when, when did you start to get the, the pains and which one of you guys admitted it first? <laughs> I think, you know, in looking back on it, it's funny because we've talked about this. And, and one of the disability services counselors one day said to Mike, so what's going on between the two of you? And he was like, what do you mean what's going on? And, and he never said anything to me about it, probably because, you know, he was a guy and I'm a woman and he didn't know how to say it, but um, I think others probably realized it beforehand, but I would probably say the end of 94, um, we went to the city together with, uh, Mike has a daughter from a previous marriage who was three and a half at the time, and we went to the city with her and I think that was kind of like the, one of the uh, moments where we realized there was more to it. Aww. I, you know, and, and uh, I couldn't tell you, I, I know that I was having some difficulties because like when I met Laurie, I, I thought she was a little bit older than, than she was at the time. Um, she was very mature and um, I just, you know, started falling for her and, and uh, I wouldn't tell anybody because I, you know, like she said, I had a, a young daughter and uh, my daughter was really not a whole lot older than her. And, and uh, Excuse so me, Nicolette basically, was three. right. And so it's the <laughs> same amount of time between you and I as between you and her. So That's it, true. Yes. You know, so, uh, you know, the, the, those 15 years were really just, uh, you know, a shocker, but yeah. I guess as we're, we're growing old together, um, it really doesn't matter anymore. It's 13, but that's okay. <laughs> See, this is, this is one of the reasons I wanted you guys to dynamic. It's awesome. <laughs> but, so, I mean, let's just touch on that for a second, though, because, you know, even now, there's still, there's still a little bit of a stigma when there's an age difference, more so for, for women when the, when the men are younger, but there's still, 
like, oh, what did you have? What what do you have in common? Or what you know, why are and I love that, you know, I love that you said as as you're growing together, I, I don't even want to use the 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 O word, but <laughs> as you're growing together, it doesn't matter. How long did it matter? And and when you look back, do you want to kick yourself for wasting, you know, or um spending any time thinking about it? Um, it, it really when Laurie sent me the signal, I guess you could say. It really didn't matter anymore because, you know, those male instincts turned on and it was just uh, there. But, uh, you know, I really wasn't looking for a relationship at the time. Um, I was, you know, still kind of getting over one and and what i thought but uh, actually i was as i said falling for laurie at, at the same time so it was it was really tough for me and and uh, you know here i was on campus and i had access to a, a lot of young women that I, I really had no interest in and and i you know i they they were all there and and you know it was a you know a young a younger or i should say an older man's dream you know being on a on a junior campus full of uh, young women and and i i wasn't there for the women it was you know all of i was there to learn actually and and uh, laurie's uh, intellect really kind of grabbed me and and you know i just kind of fell head over heels for her Aww. so we're going to switch uh switch topics you guys have both held leadership positions, both statewide and, and committees and, and on the national level. How do you navigate as a couple when one or the other or both are in leadership positions? Some, you know, I did another show with couples and, and I will do a few more as we go along, but some couples work very well keeping everything completely separate. Some call each other's partner, their advisor and their, you know, their um, soundboard. How does it work with you guys? I, I, I think you hit it on the head. I, you know, um, right now I'm kind of in the back seat uh, only because Lori is very busy with her committees and um, I'm kind of watching what's going on. And uh, Lori has very high ethical standards. And when she was the um, leader, uh, I was not. I was, you know, not to be involved with my treasury stuff. And uh, when I was leading, she was not really um, involved other than doing committee work. So I, I think more of a sounding board I, I, is what works for us. New York State also has some pretty unique ethics laws and having taken courses in nonprofit management and things like that, I always wanted to be careful that there was never a perceived conflict of interest. Um, and, you know, at one point, somebody had asked Mike to run as treasurer of New ACB of New York. And I said, well, then I would leave as president if he became treasurer um, because I didn't think it was a good idea for both of us to be involved on the same level. What areas of advocacy are you guys focused on now? Right now here in Virginia, we are working on accessible absentee ballots and uh, looking at those options. Um, and I I hear there may be some news on that front this coming week. 
There very well may be. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to have one of us on a later show to talk about that, though. I most certainly will. That's a great great segue. (laughs) So let's do the same thing that I've done in the other segments. Let's have a little fun as a couple. And I will try not to repeat any questions other than the main one at the end. So let's start with musical taste. Where do you guys merge and where oh, are you polar guys opposite. at opposite okay <laughs> tell us about it Lori and then mike i i partly because of our age difference i think and the type of lives we grew up in mike's into like loud obnoxious stuff and i'm into like more <laughs> subdued stuff <laughs> so you, i you know and then you when, just started mike <laughs> and then when we had our granddaughter i I had to convince him that he couldn't watch uh, like Family Guy and and play and blast Frank Zappa with a two year old running through our house because you know out of the mouths of babe things may come. So we do have vast different tastes, but in fairness to Mike, um, he's done Broadway shows and some of our best memories probably of being in New York City are, are doing audio described plays with uh, what used to be hospital audiences incorporated. Um, yeah. So. So can, I, they, can the two of you together whip out a good rendition of Baby Shark? Oh, <laughs> oh absolutely. Absolutely. And absolutely. dinosaurs, don, dinosaurs uh, but walking. I would never dare sing on. <laughs> you'd have no listeners if I even attempted. So... <laughs> Yeah, well, we can we can do that one and dinosaurs walking, but yes, dinosaur, I, I, yeah, I was uh, you know growing up in in the uh, I guess seventies and eighties, and uh, I was quite wild. And you were uh, also in the military, and I did some military time, but uh, I was also quite wild, and and it was all about the you know the the head banging and uh, you know for instance this morning i you know got on my rowing machine and i rode to um uh, black sabbath so <laughs> you know this is what i listen to this is what i grew up with and then uh, i still enjoy my music and uh, she leaves me alone when i'm kind of laying on the bed and and doing my uh um uh, tour with the a lady through my old music <laughs> <laughs> so i definitely know what it's like to have to pack up and move who was the more organized one and how much did we keep and have to throw away to make a big move from New York to Virginia? Oh boy. <laughs> so Mike is. Is Mike the pack rat? Mike. No, we both collectively are pack rats. I would say, please don't <laughs> think like you need to call the hoarder people on us and we'll appear on that wacky TV show or anything. But um, I threw out all my social work textbooks from like two that that you know I graduated in two that May of two thousand one. So I threw all of those out. He kept all of his physics notes, and I'm like, Mike, really? <laughs> you know, we could get rid of this, but um, <laughs> he was definitely the packer. I despise packing whether it be for a trip to go somewhere or whatever but i willingly packed up stuff 
but I also was working full time. So now, um, I have to defend myself, though. You know, it's an organized mess. My 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 physics notes were in binders and uh, they've been put back into binders. Everything's bound and, and put into file boxes. <laughs> so, I mean, it's an organized mess, but it, it yes, those are my notes and, and it, it, it has all of the stuff. And, and I still have all my textbooks because, you know, someday that little girl that's uh, now uh, 12 and that little boy that's now four are going to come to me. No, he just turned five, Pop. He just turned five. And they're going to come to me and say, Pop, I got this problem. Well, let's let's go work it out. (laughs) 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 Because, you know, it's just, I I love the math and I love to work through the problems. And uh, when Lori met me, I was, you know, it was uh, half a pack of cigarettes and a pot of coffee a day uh, while I was getting ready to do my uh, physics problems. (laughs) Well, spoken like a true pop, let's get out the books and work it through. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) What's your favorite thing to do with the grandkids? Uh, See them, something we haven't done since last summer. Yeah. Yeah, at convention, in fact. Yeah, convention. They live they live not far from Rochester, so they spent uh, a lot of time with us that week. So it was a lot of fun, you know, spending time with them and, and uh, watching them interact. And, and uh, the little girl has come to conventions. I mean, she's been yeah, Belle, at several conventions. Bella's been to several conventions with us. Actually, one day I said, I asked, she's also uh, in competitive cheerleading. And I asked her something about one of her cheerleading competitions. And she goes, Grandma, it's kind of like a convention, but they don't give you and I'm like, okay, what what do you mean by that? And I forgot that at Kids Club uh, or ACB Explorers, whatever they're calling it these days, I can't remember the old lingo versus the new lingo. Um, yeah, lunches and snacks. They get lunch and snacks and they even get breakfast. So, you know, um, but yeah, it was cute. So she always had a good time and I just really my time with them i love watching um them interact with laurie and laurie interact back i mean there's one that um, rings a real bell with me when uh, the little girl i think she may have been about four five or six somewhere in there and she was sitting on grandma's lap and she was looking into grandma's eyes and saying grandma i just opened your eyes like this and she pulled down my bottom <laughs> eyelid <laughs> it's like that's not gonna help we still have to read braille books and, you know <laughs> now my... you say it to her and she says oh, no i didn't <laughs> like no really it's okay it's part of who i am i've told this story in a longer version before but my nephew <clears throat> was two years old when i got my guide dog so you know we early on had told him um, you know, Bodie was to help me see, but he wasn't getting it or whatever. And and so somewhere along the way in his, in his two year, two and a half year old brain, he associated Bodie with, with finding my glasses. So last summer, um, right before convention, when I was, when I was with them, um, he was telling his friends on the block, we were sitting on the front porch and Bodie was running around a little bit. And I heard him telling his friends that Bodie's is around to help me find my glasses, but he was doing it. Oh, you, you can't talk to him if he's in harm, like, and going through like the whole protocol. And I was like, so proud. And then I hear him say, well, Bodie's to help me find my glasses. And I talked to him later on that night because I'm thinking to myself, well, it's been 
it's been two years. Like, does he think Bodie's dumb because he hasn't found the glasses yet? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's I, it's uh, amazing. My our granddaughter lived with us for about two and a half years, and my little golden retriever Kelly retired, and Bella had moved away right around the time that she was retiring. They moved her and her mom moved upstate, and then Bella came down to stay with us before convention and came to convention. And all of a sudden, like one day at convention, when we were in Las Vegas, she was like, grandma. So did Kelly bark once if she didn't like the people that were going to take her and twice if she, you know, did like them. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she had this whole thing in her head that when, Kelly retired and went to go live with another family. She was going to actually choose it. I thought it was so adorable. I was like, that was pretty creative. I guess I never really explained that. Oh, <laughs> you know. So I know when we were going back and forth in emails for, for planning the show, you had uh, written me that you and Mike were not technically married. Was, did I still want to have you guys on the show? And my answer, of course, was, of course, but it's it's been a good number of years and you guys have moved to Virginia together. So you guys are obviously life partners. Does the piece of paper mean anything? Do you guys ever think that you'll go and marry Mary? Um, it's something we would have to really think about. Uh, both of us have other health conditions. We both actually have MS. So we're on medication that's rather expensive. expensive. So okay. there's always a chance that one of us will need additional care. And, you know, it really changes things financially for you. Um, so that's always kind of been one of our concerns. Um, but, you know, we also financially are much better here in Virginia just because cost of living is so much different. I, I often get asked the question, um, you know, it's now legal for, for LGBT, um, but it wasn't for so many years. And I had had in my head for all those years that, you know, when I found someone, you know, screw that piece of paper, because if they, if they're going to tell us that we can't have it, I don't need it. Uh, so it's, I find it very hard at this point to, to fathom, to make it, make it matter the legality of it. I, I feel like, yeah. And you know, and it's a spiritual choice you make. And once you make that choice, you know, you don't need a piece of paper or, or a ring to, to, to um, legitimize it. Yeah. We, we actually, a good friend of ours who passed away, uh, Evelyn Larson, who was part of ACB for eons. <laughs> I used to tell her when gay people got the right to marry in New York, we would marry. And then, Unfortunately, she passed away prior to that happening, but, um, you know, it, uh, it's, it's really, I mean, there are other legal protections and things like that. It's, I mean, it's a huge topic and, and both of us are actually certified benefits practitioners, uh, meaning that we work with people who are disabled managing their benefits um, while returning to work or looking to go to work. Um, so we actually do em employment network work. So we totally get the whole aspect of the, the, the broad spectrum. Long, long, long term, long, long term care planning and 
<laughs> I, I mean, we've told people in the past, you know, maybe you need to think about getting divorced. But, uh, you know, but similar to Ray and Cameron, we've been told by paratransit drivers and, and taxi cab. I mean, everybody looks at us and, and, you know, she's always my wife and I'm always her husband. And, you know, when they find out we're not married, they really, you know, it's it really, are we together? Are we a partnership? Yeah. But, and, uh, you know, I used I, to, I, I used to joke around prior to my, uh, going off benefits when I started working in 2002, and say, don't tell Social Security that we're married. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your favorite, com- you know, convention together memory? Um, you know, I was kind of thinking of this while, uh, while Karen and, and Ray and, <laughs> and Rhonda and David were talking. And I think probably my first convention my favorite convention would probably be 2014 in las vegas and that was bella's first convention with us and she just had such a good time there and really loved it and everybody was so welcoming to us being there um, except for she got very upset because somebody in the hotel insisted that I was her mother and she had to correct them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And it, I think it really taught her a lot as a child. Um, and she was, until I figured out that she was, I couldn't hear the elevators open in the tower we were in because there were loud speakers and there was a restaurant behind where the elevators were. So if she was like people watching, she wouldn't tell me that the elevator was there. <laughs> and then one day finally, I was like, Belle, are you paying attention? She's like, Oh no, the elevator was here. Or she, her other thing is, is she would try to get us on an elevator with a dog. So she could try to pet, the, pet the dog. <laughs> and, and now you see what I love about her. I mean, the, you know, the, the kids and she just, uh, it's just amazing. But uh, I think um, I really enjoyed my first convention because she turned me on to ACB and, and you know, she dragged me out to, to Greensboro and said, you're going to come. And, and, I, and uh, you know, I said, OK, we'll go and, and uh, you know, I'll try to have a good time. And, and, uh, and then I was still fighting the blindness while I'm trying to plan a convention and trying to figure out where I fit because I'm I'm a, a fairly high partial and uh i can see quite a bit uh, until i really look at it and then it just kind of disappears on me but uh, i didn't know where i fit in in the whole scheme of things and uh, mm. when i went to convention and was introduced to cclvi and i got to see others and, and what that- is cclvi it's always CCLVI is the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. And uh, <laughs> thank you, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so it, it's just I, I, she brought me into this world and, and allowed me to be part of it while discovering who I was and where I fit into it. Because until then, I didn't think you know when she got me to that first acb meeting on long island and i sat around the room i walked out of there and i said oh no i am definitely not one of these people and uh you know years later i, I i'm one of those people 
but I had to find my spot and uh, going to convention allowed me to find my spot and um, more recent conventions. Laurie and I rarely see each other at convention. We we try Uh, to make a point to have a meal together at some point (laughs) during each day. (laughs) (laughs) Because the two of us go in different directions. So rarely do we spend a lot of time together. You know, usually the two of us fall down on the bed in in the evening and that's like, ah. You know, and I think some of my most memorable convention times is, I don't remember what year it was. Uh, I had Kelly. So it was whatever convention we were at in Louisville um, between like t- uh, 2008, maybe from like 2008 to 2006 was when she retired. Um, and I remember waiting online for the dining room we just kept picking people up and we started out as like a party of like four of us and i think we ended up with like 12 or 14 people and it just we kept picking people up that were on this big line for dinner and finally when we got to the front of the line we're like we're 12 and they're like oh uh you'll have to step to the side until we can get a table we did and we just we had such a good time at dinner like those are the really good convention moments that you know, just it's the, the, the sense of community. And we picked up this couple. I remember when we went to sit, I don't even remember their names and that's terrible, but they were a couple and one of them had vision in their right eye and the other one had it in the left eye. So they sat so that they could both see each other. (laughs) It was was so funny. Like they had this whole, like, Oh no, well you have to sit there so I can see you. It was very cute. And we were kind of like, we're going to break you with that before the end of the week. (laughs) (laughs) And last year you were president hostess of New York in Rochester. How much do you actually remember of that convention? (laughs) Uh, That was was a very tiring convention, I have to say. Um, And I think also part of that was we did have both of the grandkids at various points. So that was a little different for us. Um, And we also came in early. So we were there from like the 4th of July until like, ooh, I don't even know that the following Friday. So it just seemed like really long. Um, But it's totally like a, a whirlwind, like. I I don't remember much of it, and I just remember the um, the uh, life member breakfast. I was like, "Where is this? I'm not going all the way over to that other hotel or whatever it was." I was like, "I I can't. I'm just to the point where I just can't do it anymore." So yeah, it, it's it's a very nice process hosting a convention, and our poor folks in Illinois we'll have your chance again and make it bigger and better than it was going to be this year. Absolutely. So you guys have had ample opportunity to think about the answers to this one. Um, What inspires you the most from being with Mike or Lori and what you admire most about Mike or Lori respectively. And let's continue the tradition. Ladies first, Lori. Um, so I'd have to say probably Mike is an amputee from a motorcycle accident. And um, that was prior to me knowing him. And I think the way that he recovered from that really, I saw that as as very encouraging on how he would live his life with blindness. And I knew that when I met him, he was in a really difficult position. 
um, and, you know, struggling at college. Mike did not graduate from high school, so he got a GED and then wound up having to go and take no credit classes to get himself up to a college level. So to me, that was uh, very inspiring. And what have you learned about yourself from being with Mike? Patience. Patience with, let me say patience, like with people that I I live with, because I know like prior to meeting Mike, probably my poor mother was like, really, do you have to be so mouthy? Um, (laughs) And uh, whereas like, I've always been very, very patient with others. So. And what about you, Mike? Um, first, what I've learned from Lori is that um, I'm, I'm a very passionate person and I can become very loud very quickly. Uh, my, passion, <laughs> my passion comes out and it just streams and um i i i still to this day i, I it's very difficult to control but i i know about it and uh, you know she's really um driven me to try and control that it, although you know it's it's not well controlled it, i know about it and uh, you know so i've learned a, a great deal there in trying to maintain that part of um my my passion and trying to keep it under wraps when it starts to flow because i it, it's very difficult for me and um what inspires me about lori is it's just i i i, I love her intelligence and I, and I love the way she's able to think things through and come up with a rational decision on what should happen and how it should happen and why because yeah, but sometimes it doesn't <laughs> because Mike can be very irrational at times and it's like let's just go do it don't worry you know and, and uh, you know that's part of uh, my, my growing up and, and the way that um, I grew up with, 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 you know, let's just make it happen. And, and uh, sometimes we can, and sometimes we can't. But uh, when, when I, when I met Mike living on Long Island, I, he'd be like, I'd be like, okay, well, you know, we got to get to the bus stop. It's three ten, and the bus is going to be at three fifteen. And he'd be like, "Well, you know, let me smoke another cigarette. And you know, why don't we stop and get something to eat at the cafe? And I'd be like, really? So that's going to delay us like another half hour because then at least because the next bus and, you know, like I was planning this out in my head and he he just was like, well, you get to the bus stop and you wait. It's like, no, buddy, that's not the way this works. (laughs) It's always the next bus. (laughs) Especially if there's a coffee, uh, you know, a cup of coffee and a Cineroll in in the the mix. Yeah, I'm down for the next bus. There you go. We used to go to the, what was that place called? The Brick Cafe and we'd get grilled cheese. And I remember one day. Mike's like, here, you sit over, go sit over there on the left and I'll go, I'll go get our order. And I'm like, okay. And he comes back and I pick up the grilled cheese sandwich. I'm like, this has tomato on it. He's like, no, it doesn't. I didn't tell them you wanted tomato. I'm like, it has tomato. And it did have tomato. And I was like, you have to go back and exchange this. (laughs) I wasn't trying to kill her. I promise. (laughs) No, it wasn't going to kill me like David, but. 
<laughs> the killing tomatoes. Anything, it should have bacon on it. Hey, Byron, do we have any hands up? <clears throat> we sure do. Um, we've got Gene, so I'm going to go ahead and unmute Gene. Oh, Gene two... could probably tell some serious stories yeah. about us. And then we got two Although others. Although Marjorie Beeman could probably tell the best because she was on the bus when Mike accused my mother of taking our airline ticket <laughs> to get home from our Greensboro convention, and it was in <laughs> Mike's suitcase. <laughs> and. Marjorie came up and said, what's wrong with the two of you? How long have you been together? And I'm like, not very long, but it seems like forever. <laughs> we weren't talking. He hadn't apologized yet. Gene, are you with us? I am. And Hi, yes, I welcome could. to Sunday edition. Thank you. And I could tell some stories, but I won't because they could tell some too. Um, <laughs> I, I will, I will tell one, um, when they did the 1990, well, first time I, I talked to Lori in 90, 1993. Yes. She was, a senior, she was a senior in high school. And I came home from church one Sunday and there was a message. I was president of ACB of New York at the time. And there was a message from somebody on my ACB line. And I thought, oh my God, you know, and, and it was Lori. So it was okay because you never knew who you were going to get on those calls. So that's how we met. And then um, I didn't really see her when she came to San Francisco because I used to run the convention office. Um, we had an information desk and a convention office. And so I didn't, I didn't see her. I did meet her mother that summer. I really probably met you guys when you did the 1995 state convention because they called me every time they had a question <laughs> about what they could do. <laughs> and, and, um, and Paul Edwards was our um, national person that's that convention and I he was. called me up and he said um do we need to get dressed up for this boat cruise and I said I don't think so I'm wearing jeans and he said good so am I well everybody else was all dressed up but the two of us we were <laughs> in our jeans <laughs> but see but that's the, the difference rem- between upstate New York and downstate yeah, New York you're right uh-huh. you're right yeah but the thing I remember specifically was we must have gotten there a little bit before everybody else did and we were sitting at the bar and there was this long line of people impatiently trying to get drinks. So we were putting in all their drink orders for them and then passing the drinks back to them. That was fun. And the other thing I was going to say is um, Lori and Mike make it sound like at conventions, they hardly see each other and, you know, they're so busy and all this and that. Well, the thing is um, they get, when Lori was president, they would get a suite and I would often share it with them. And part of the reason we were so tired was because we stayed up till all hours most nights. Um, it was <laughs> kind of like coming home and being in your living room and you never knew who was going to drop in. So um, especially last year in Rochester, we didn't, I, I was on another floor, but we were down in their suite every night or up in their suite every night. And uh, we, we got to bed much later than we should have most nights. So that's one of the reasons we were so tired. Yeah. I remember. And I think it was Dallas we uh the last night of convention we had like a whole bunch of food and min ha and i don't even remember who else was with her there was somebody else and they dropped our newspaper off and i'm like hi you want to come in and eat eat and have a you know well we usually didn't have much alcohol i think we because none of us really are big drinkers but we gave them chips and God knows what else. Yep. So, beer, but we, we always had beer, even though. when I wasn't president, though, I've always kind of tried to 
because to me, it's part of being at convention is is just being able to socialize with people that you don't see all year long. Yeah, yeah. I was I was a lucky recipient of your hospitality in Rochester, and it, it definitely helped me make friends and and get to know people. I had a great great time with you guys. Yes, and 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 you bonded with little Michael. I remember that. I did bond very much with little Michael. He's an awesome dude. <laughs> <laughs> He thought well, you were I, the coolest thing because you just you sat with him and he was like, "This man is here hanging out with just me and everybody else is talking to each other." Well, I used to say when I used to go to conventions, I used to say, "I'm not hanging around with those New York people. I can see them anytime. I'll hang around with you know people from everywhere else that I never see." But um, then when we got the suite, it was just you know it's fun because like I said, you're in, it's like you're in your living room and you never know who's going to drop in. So. Thank and Lori and Mike are great hosts. I've been to their house a couple times. I haven't been to the Virginia one yet. No, because co- nobody's be been to Virginia yet. It's but true. We, we are notorious for doing uh, Mike. I have. So we've done turkeys and briskets and pulled pork. And we make all mm. the sides from scratch because I don't eat mayonnaise. So how far are you guys from D.C.? If, if, we are uh, if we three have a great hours from D.C. Come on Ooh. down. <laughs> hey Anthony, this is Paul Edwards. Yes, I have Paul. one thing I'd like to raise. Please. Um, oh, he sounds so one, official. One, I'm nervous. <laughs> one, one of the really cool things about uh, about Lori and Mike, and by the way, I've been to their house. Um, oh, that's right, in that Virginia. Yes, we played cards. I have. We did. We played cards. Um, but, but we didn't get to oh, cook for you. You did not. But but the chocolate was good. <laughs> Oh, I don't even remember what we gave you. We had one of those patties from, uh, yeah, chipmunk. But but anyway, oh, the, chubby the chipmunk was, chocolate. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the that question that I was going to raise was um, <laughs> was they did something that most blind people are afraid to do, Anthony. They built their own house from scratch in Virginia. So you might ask them what kind of an experience that was. No, they did not tell me this. Okay, that's a whole topic that we get. This is a, you know, let's preview. This is another show. You guys are gonna have to come back and tell us a lot more. But give us, give us the, um, give us the two minute MTV Cribs version of building your own house from the ground up as a as a uh, visual impaired couple. Hey, Anthony, we are um, we are about a minute over the top of the hour, so um, I'm, oh. I'm not sure if we need to get off of ACB radio, but just we letting do. you know. So let's say goodbye to the listeners, and then I'll take hosting back and keep recording for the after show. You've been listening to Sunday Edition with Anthony on ACB Radio Mainstream. For more information, Questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, etc., please email celebration AC. That's the word celebration with the letters AC at AOL.com. Look forward to hearing from you, and let's brunch again next Sunday.